Hi! Wow. Wow. We're here. We made it. Another week, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, Thursday. Three more days in this week in the first podcast of the week from me. Hi! Welcome. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Welcome. This is a show where I just talk, and I hope you like my voice, and I hope you like the things I have to say, or interested in them, or have a larf. And if you have listened before, really just, you know, what I just said still applies. But thank you for continuing to listen. And uh, yeah, I am losing my mind slightly. This city I'm in, Toronto, this province I'm in, Ontario, possibly even this uh, country I'm in, Canada. Uh, This pandemic situation is not being amazingly handled. The vaccines, slow. The closing of businesses and stuff, kind of arbitrary. It just keeps going back and forth and back and forth, and I'm exhausted. And maybe you are too, and if so, hug me virtually. And I will do the same virtually, consensually virtually. I'm telling you, I got this company, company of friends, three dogs, it's nice. But we can't make fun of dumb things we see on the internet together. That's just for me to cackle at. Well, they lick themselves, which is really not that different than me in a room trying to get people interested in uh, internet drama normally, but they don't say anything to me. Their eyes say so much, but I don't know what they're really thinking. And let's be frank, if they're thinking at all. But thank you, dogs. You give me that much needed oxytocin when we do our cuddles. And the weather is nice, and you make me go outside, dogs. And then you create waste, and I have to handle that. Metaphor for humanity? Who can say? Who can say? I really am just jumping in this, as I often do. Um, If I don't sit down in front of the computer and just make this happen, it doesn't happen. And I wish it weren't so hard. You know, I just want to... I'd love to have, be doing this all the time, honestly, for freaking hours with a, with a sidekick and a producer doing, you know, hand motions indicating I'm um, kicking ass. I, I basically want people validating me around me uh, while I'm doing this, as opposed to after the fact while I'm doing this and I can't see it and I just get the vibe. My ears start burning. Um, but here I am doing it, so I'm proud. And, uh, what did you do this week? Are you having a hard time getting anything done? Are you employed? Are you a parent? Are you a detective? Are you a protester? Uh, what are you, what are you doing with your time? Are you in one of the many places where you're, like, vaccinated and I see pictures of people shooting out fireworks and stuff in the middle of the street? Frankly, I think we're, we're this this whole pandemic has, and I don't think I'm a genius for it. It's kind of gone like what what I expected. One last major bummer, and that is right now, this month, April, birthday month for me, birthday month for Hitler, birthday month for many people 
who are much better than Hitler. Really shouldn't have brought up Hitler. I hate that guy. I'm not afraid to say it. And But I would maybe have been afraid to say it at the time. Because there were repercussions if you were in Germany. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's just wild, like keeping the morale up and, and feeling like I'm being productive. I I am being productive. I'm taking care of three warm bodies, making sure they're, they remain warm, fed, relatively clothed, you know, leashes and in the case of one, little jackets. Uh, and yet all I can think about are the things I'm not doing. And I don't know if you're in the same motif as that, but it's a drag. And um, and then there's a fear where it's like, when this all is over, is this, like, how can I get my, how can I get my game strong again? I probably need a proper place to live. I'm listening to a new book about ADHD that just came out by these really good ADHD writers, uh, two doctors, John uh, Rady and Ned Hallowell, and they're doctors who found out they had ADHD and they've kind of dedicated the latter parts of their careers for about the last 20 years, if not longer, actually for longer, um, to putting out books that kind of uh, progressively explain ADHD, updated with new findings and stuff. And this ADHD 2.0 book, I'm listening to it, it's on Audible, which is not a sponsor. God, I wish it were a sponsor. Give me money, Audible, rather than the opposite. But... Um, it's really interesting. And they do talk about oxytocin being, and validation being really important um, for people with ADHD, which is really interesting if you think about it, because I would imagine on the social media, the very active on social media list, there's a lot of pe list, whatever, like in that group, there's probably a higher tendency towards people who have um, ADHD. And, uh, because there's so much validation, but of course the cost of that validation is a lot of negativity sometimes, or FOMO, or not feeling included, or not feeling, you know, or feeling outnumbered, or all these different things. And that's also a commonality that I've found, at least in my life, where I'm very willing to do things where there is like as much of a risk as being complimented as there is a risk of being criticized. And um, I don't know if that's part of the risk-taking behavior or part of the needing validation behavior. <laughs> it's a mystery, and only teen detective Encyclopedia Brown can solve it with his faithful partner, Sally. Is Encyclopedia Brown still a good reference? Has Encyclopedia Brown been canceled? Next thing you know, they're going to tell me they've canceled Asterix. <laughs> this whole thing where adults are going, they canceled building blocks? It's very strange. Childhood nostalgia, like, just hurting us, you know, uh, years later when it's not said that it's aged badly um anyway this adhd 2.0 book actually uh beyond the oxytocin stuff gets into um the uh, 
neuroplasticity, which is something where those of us or anybody who's had trauma or is, you know, has difficulty even with executive function, it's been proven that the brain uh, can actually change with um, changes in um, environment, relationships, exercise, all of this stuff can actually change how we feel in the world. And I know that sounds obvious, but trust me, as someone who very often goes for the things that hurt me as much as they heal or relieve me, um, I could use that. And, and as this is winding up, I'm just thinking about environment and just because I'm dog sitting, I'm, I'm not in a home of my own. And I wonder what my own place would be like. I've been, again, purposely sort of a, a rambling traveler for like years and years with lots of stops, lengthy stops. And, you know, there's cohabitation happening right now. And it's amazing. Not right now. I'm alone. But uh, but at the same time, I, I, I think, you know, we both need our own space. It was a sort of an enforced by COVID uh, cohabitation. And um, the positives of that is like, if I find one, I know it'll be nice. If it's just me, if there's a roommate, I don't know. But of course the downside is I live in a city where living alone is, I think it costs about as much as a, m m buying a Monet painting, an original not even a gift shop $50 one. We're talking to rent a one bedroom is something like a million dollars a month in Toronto. And I, I just think that's too damn much. A, d a dog is creating a ruckus below me at my feet. So I am looking forward to getting into an independent space but i'll be honest with you i also miss being not in this city i mean growing up in staying in the place you grew up unless it's truly gigantic is for me a bit has elements of being disheartening unless there's a lot of travel around that and it's because i'm not a parent or anything i don't have like a job i'm going to every day or there's no cheers for me right now I don't have a bar that I go to where all these different people with different occupations and I connect over loggers. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, there's just so many question marks right now. And I know, I know those always exist for everybody, but it's, uh, it's heavy. And it's, it's just, it just feels like, not, not like what being in jail must be like, but it just feels so odd, so odd. And far be it from me to try to perfectly articulate the feeling. But if you can, I'd love to hear from you. And this is where I tell you that if you want to contact the podcast, we are at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Write me, tell me what your experience has been like 
how this feels for you, how this feels for your friends. If you got COVID, if you thought you got COVID, but it turned out to be mumps, whatever, let me know. Recommended TV show. Speaking of, I, asked, I, saw, I, I bought like an Xbox 360 game. Don't ask me why. I haven't even opened up, played my th Xbox 360 yet, Guess yet I'm compiling games. And there is a DVD in one of them. A little bonus, a little hint, a little tip to those who like buying stuff. If you buy some used stuff off Craigslist like video games, sometimes there's another disc in there and you get two for one. This was Boondocks Season 1. The Boondocks, which was on uh, Adult Swim, I think, in like the early 2000s. And I knew the cartoon, and I, I mean, I knew the, the comic strip that started it. It's by this guy, Aaron McGruder, and um, I'd seen the cartoon, the, the, the animated cartoon here and there, but I hadn't really keyed in. And John Witherspoon, the amazing uh, father from Friday, great actor, just died, unfortunately, last year and uh or this year i mean who can tell uh he does a voice on it tons of regina king does two of the voices on it and if you haven't seen one night in miami she directed that that's kind of a neat movie and uh that's high praise in 2021 for a new movie kind of neat um the boondocks is way more like acerbic and dirty than i thought it would be i'm really enjoying so thank you, Boondocks. And uh, yeah, and then moving along, I just want to say, I've talked about MF Doom in an episode, but man, DMX is in a gosh darn coma. I don't, I don't know if it's looking good. I don't know if it's looking good for old DMX. X, Earl, that's his name. And man, he is great. I don't know if you know this, if you just think of DMX, it's almost like heavy metal rap. You know, there's a group called uh, MOP and Onyx were one of them. Like really shouty kind of gym rap, if that makes sense. Really hard to find a track that isn't like super energetic and, you know, like mosh pit stuff. But DMX is a little different. And, you know, I was in love with, like, tons of his songs since I was an early teenager. Um, because he was around on mixtapes I used to buy in the early 90s. But he was, like, dirt bikes and motorcycles and shy, everything was shiny in 1998. So I wasn't, like, fully on board at that time with DMX. Um, probably because I thought it was like a little jockey or something. I don't know. I was completely wrong, it, it, which is weird because I loved tons of DMX songs. Um, but when I finally sat down with a bunch of his albums, which was like ages ago now, like 20 years ago or something, um, I was like, wow, this dude is amazing. There is nobody like DMX. He doesn't always stray that far from the same subject. Like he's, it's generally pretty much all the same universe of thoughts, but man, he strings everything together and it really is like a conversation, like just hearing him tell you stuff. And he also peppers it with really sensitive revelations. And there's not a lot of rappers who 
do that in a way that is as heartfelt as as he sounded and um he was also i think an amazing live performer is i shouldn't speak that uh past tense about him yet as he is alive as of now i think and hopefully by the time you hear this he's still alive and uh, i just urge you you know go put on that song slipping it's heavy it's depressing slipping it's depressing but you know just just if if you're not a savvy DMX listener, put it on. Uh, sometimes there's some homophobia. I have a lot of theories about why that is. I mean, this guy's life was just not easy. And I think the homophobia that he exhibits has a lot to do with the environments that he was in and whatever brutal stuff happened to him, you know, in his childhood. And uh, that's, those songs are also like 20 odd years old. So I have no idea if that's a heavy attitude of his, but as far as I know, he, he hasn't said he wouldn't bake a cake for a gay couple. However, with that caveat, I would say like recognize and realize that DMX is very important to music. And um, that's, that's what I have to say about DMX. And I don't know if he has ADHD. I don't know, man. The only reason I'm bringing it up after this long talk about DMX is because I think that that risk-taking with the negative and the positive result is something I see a lot in these kind of conservative provocateurs like this poor soul Stephen Crowderler, former comedian, lived in Montreal, as far as I can tell, really failed at sort of entertaining the masses, which is something he may have in common with me. And uh, now just does, I guess, like, kind of like dorkish bullying on a YouTube show. And I look at this guy and I'm just, I just see a profound sadness and wild, empty eyes. And it's like that need to impress people with anything like here's what i got does this impress you and it just makes me sad because there's just so many more artful justified means of being challenging <laughs> in this world and this guy has settled on his newest video which i think is where he has someone put a knee on his neck to show that george floyd it, it wouldn't have killed someone who didn't have health problems. Like, what is this idiocy? It's like weaponized Howard Stern, you know? Howard Stern's whole thing was irreverency, ultimately. It wasn't really propaganda, but this is propaganda disguised as irreverency. That's nuts. What do we do? I don't know. Beyond talking about it. And frankly, even... 
having a conversation with if they're like not a total knob which most of them are online someone about why they like this because generally they like it as a reaction oh i felt like the left quote unquote was uh hypocritical or was abandoning me or wasn't speaking to me so i saw this guy and he also thought that so now i agree with a lot of what he says and it's like i just think that's a that like you can be strong on your own you don't need this guy he needs help and hurt people hurt people boy this is kind of a downer of an episode but you know what so it goes you're wonderful you're welcome to support the podcast ko-fi.com slash nick flanagan or nickflanagan.bandcamp.com if you want to pick up my albums some comedy albums i also have a band called wrong hole wrong hole music bandcamp and hopefully i'll have an interview for you in the next couple of days if not i'm pretty sure i'll be able to bless you with another episode it'll just be me yapping but I'll probably be a lot more fun. That's my promise to you. Get well soon, DMX. Get well soon, everybody who needs to get well soon. Have fun, you know. Um, do a little dance, make a little love. Have fun tonight.